people thinking about picking up sheet music and arrangements. I brought one of these too. Nice. <laughs> Do you have a particular cut? Uh, rocket. Sins. Our guests today are Joe and Claudia Rice. Hi. Hello. And uh, today we're talking about <laughs> the best and of and our worst. And Laura. And, our, and Laura, our studio audience. Laura. Hi. So, what did you guys think of um, the Arrangers Publishing Company? And play that funky music. I think the marching band records are a, are a hidden gold mine. I don't have very many. I, actually, I don't think I have any of them. Claudia's got one she's going to pull out here. It's, it seems like the kind of thing that I would expect that uh, DJ Shadow and his ilk would be uh, just pulling every weekend as they spend hours and hours in weird record stores in Sacramento. I kind of wonder if there's, if, if mm. you know, like the, the Grateful Dead has this whole Christian taper subculture. Girls. Do you think there's any marching bands that are actually popular enough that, that they have uh, they have tapers and, and there's this whole underground of, of live marching band tapes that we might be able to tap into at some point? I know that a, a lot of the... <laughs> Just put it out there. <laughs> that would be kind of rad. And I have some, some friends who are in marching bands in high school who probably do have marching band recordings. And I know, like, I have a couple recordings of high school and college marching bands on vinyl. But it, most of it's, like, horrible, horrible bad. But yeah, the DJ Shadows of the World are probably hunting down that one good one. I'm trying to remember some of the tracks that we would do in uh, in marching band. This would have been like 85, 86. It was 60s and 70s hits that I don't think teenagers were really that conversant with. Like Hang On Sleepy. Um, Tusk. Yeah, <laughs> Tusk. That was my favorite. <laughs> Bring it on.
That's that's the worst and the best part about these because they're just they're like catalogs for something. Right. They just give you enough to be like, oh god, this is good, and then it's gone. Oh, I have it. I'll go with the marching band theme. I don't know if I have anything. Anything with horns, even. (laughs) Do you have anything that goes with early hip hop? Yes, you must. Yeah. I do. This is a weird record that I found that I don't think I'd ever listen to. (laughs) (laughs) That's that's exactly the intro. Uh, No, it's bad, Ben. I think this is, well, I listened to it today. I think this is one of those records that I found. uh, I think this might have been a record that was in my grandfather's stuff or some, you know, like family stuff. We'd have this, this huge storage unit that had to get cleaned out a few years ago and so I just I pulled out some of the records and it's really it's almost horrifying um, in its in its message it's from uh, there's no date on it but it's from the um, 50s or 60s and uh, it's the high school four Jimmy Carroll and his orchestra and uh, the song's called from school ring to wedding ring Promises to be a winner. From a school ring to a wedding ring is the story of our romance. From those bashful looks over classroom books, it's got pictures to illustrate whenever we had the chance. So I kind of wonder if this is a vanity record. At the junior ball, you don't want to let this win have a chance to go to college. Songs. Every time we hug and squeeze, I remember we were teased. Uh, what's strange is there's a little piece of tape on it. Who was standing uh, around the hall? So someone liked this enough to actually archive it. To a wedding ring. How those years in between rushed through. There's only 49 cents. We could probably date it. Maybe it was a marching band sample. Ultra magnetic MC sample this. I remember we were teased by the fellas who were standing around the hall. From a school ring to a wedding ring, how those years in between rushed through. From a school ring to a wedding ring to a
Yeah, that's a little frightening. Beautiful frightening. Going from, from one aspect of frightening no. to, to another. This is the pretty song from the All Save Freak Band. <laughs> Who, uh, who's this record for, Mike? It's for Christians, elves, and lovers. And according to my... Is my... it possible to be all three at the same time? <laughs> God, I hope so. But I, I googled these guys, thinking, well, what, what's the story behind this? And it turns out they were, they were essentially like a, a middle America collective on a farm of Christians, and the modern Christian rock sort of begins with the All Saved Freak Band. I'm not sure how I feel about that. Um, but it's kind of rad that they they connected um, Jesus and uh, elves. So they're kind of like a Chuck Berry or Christian rock. Yeah. Something along those lines. Why did you buy it? The title. I bought it purely for the title and the wizard on the cover. Okay. <laughs> um, Wizards are sort of pagan though, typically, right? Not not, not particularly Christian. That's kind of what you think. And they're all into Tolkien. So they're willing to ask the tough questions. Yeah. But it goes from, it's pretty like this, but then you also get One ring together in the darkness This. That just shows and goes. Is he singing about Mordor? Mordor? Yes. They're, like I said, they're really into Tolkien. Christians. Tolkien Christians. Not to be confused with Tolkien. The Dark Lord's <laughs> in Mordor, where the shadows lie. A dark spirit gathers and falls from the sky. So even in, uh, even with, uh, what, we're up to nine or ten hours of, uh, extended Lord of the Rings movies? They, they couldn't find even just a few minutes for for these guys? No, apparently not. For the All, what, all Saved Freaks Band? Is that it? All Saved Freak Band. I just want to loop this and play it in the background all the time. <laughs> you can make this the, uh, the theme song. Indeed. DBS. Indeed. They dedicated like half the back of the, the album to talking about how he died. No. And you're like, mm, <laughs> okay. I feel that that definitely hits for Christians, elves, and lovers. The death of the bass player. In Mordor, where the shadows lie, destroyed the ring in the fires of hell. In Mordor, where the shadows lie. the rock part. 
but see, this is their, their like, prototypical. I'm sure that the next generation is not going to crash the boat. Where the shadows lie, halfling did it, even one that fell in Mordor, where the shadows lie. You ever play this out? Uh, I haven't yet, but it's, I've put it in my bag a couple times. <laughs> <laughs> I, I think it was actually in my bag at Ode. <laughs> funny it says most bands think that the way they are going to sell their albums is by selling themselves through big record companies god's ways are different than ours his ways are higher the circumstances of our first album my poor generation wasn't a case of trying to sell the album to the public it sold itself we had no distributors we had an original number of albums made up and gave six of them to djs by some mystical communication between djs that we don't understand the word got around Mystical DJ communication. <laughs> That's what DJing is. It's mystical communication. Oh, it's just kind of interesting how they, they quote the liner notes from their first album on their second album. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's some postmodern for nineteen seventy six, that's some that's some seriously postmodern uh, Christian thought. Oh, rookie, rookie mistake. Rewind. <laughs> that's all right. The uh, the first episode about yeah. I'd, I'd say something like every record we put on was played at the wrong speed. <laughs> something like that. Something like every single one. So this is uh, called Space Invaders by Player One. I think it's from 1979. And I, can't, I don't know if it's German or Australian. I think it was a a number three chart topper. Yeah, it's not as bad as I remember it being. (laughs) I actually remember it being a lot worse. I love the name of the the B side. A menacing glow in the sky. I brought that, you know. collection is about nuclear destruction. So the menacing glow in the sky kind of fits in with that whole motif. Indeed. Through dark sunken eyes I see another pale sun 
bad thing about this podcast is essentially everyone brings records and they're like, this is really horrible. And all I think is, God, I want this record. <laughs> My fellow Americans, I'm pleased to tell you today that I've signed legislation that will outlaw Russia forever. We begin bombing in five minutes. <laughs> nice. This is so cold war. Oh, man. Now, how do I... How do I answer this? My fellow Americans... I'm pleased to tell you today that I've signed legislation that will outlaw Russia forever. Uh oh, we begin bombing in five minutes. We begin bombing in five minutes. We begin bombing in five minutes. Minutes. That's all you get. So this is yeah, this is a an Arsel, Arthur Russell well remix on his label Sleeping Bag. And uh, as I was kind of getting more familiar with his oeuvre, I realized this was one of the I think this is the only Sleeping Bag record I actually owned. You know, I think I picked it up at Open Mind before they right before they closed. And there is a you know there are a lot of people doing. Well, a few people doing this kind of thing in the early 80s. It's got kind of that uh, uh, on you sound system sort of thing. Keep a blank and, and those guys would do a weird sample pseudo dance tracks like this. I'm just having a hard time seeing this bad 
<laughs> well, it's it's Ronald Reagan. It's he was it's bad. Dated. Maybe I just don't want to talk about it. That's a lie. <laughs> somebody I think will use something on it, I can say, here, take this. How many, uh, how many copies do you have? Um, I have three right now at height, I had like six. I didn't bring all bad stuff. You didn't? I mean, bad, <laughs> bad meaning good. Yeah. 
bad is so so dependent on so much other stuff. Oh, are you gonna play I Love Me? Yeah. <laughs> the title is already a win. <laughs> <laughs> and the cover <laughs> just are makes still it better. Like Sunraw here. Yeah, I mean, we, we are, are, but you're okay. you're welcome to to take us out. Chiseled features and some. And a night full of tension. Yeah. <laughs> Isn't that a great title? Oh. <laughs> this, this, this looks like the soundtrack to a date rape. His eyebrows are dangerously plucked. They're barely there anymore. Just some straight lines, yeah. So he's at the pool. He's giving somebody the eye. Oh, he's English. For some reason, the name. He's, Girl. he's English, but one of the tracks is in German. That's true. So he's the singer from Deutsche Amerikanische Freundschaft. Is that what it's called? Freundschaft? Yeah. Friendship? DAF. That's kind of rad, because I didn't think anybody else had ever heard of that band. Because <laughs> I used to have this a This is his disappointing final. solo effort. Called <laughs> <laughs> I Love Me. It's not as bad as I remember either. <laughs> <laughs> See,
is on here. What? It says Annie Lennox appears so I don't know which the, the just, song obviously. Yeah, that just elevates it better and worse. Makes it worse? Better? Better and worse all at the same time. the records I was looking for right here. <laughs> I think I Yay. like it, I think I don't like it. Oh, <laughs> I like it better, maybe.
this is this is Chicago U. So this is this is Mike Watt from Firehose singing. And this is a little uh, this is a project he did with um, with uh, Steve Shelley and uh, Aldo and Kim Gordon and Thirsty Moore. So it's like Sonic Youth and, and Firehose. And they did uh, a few Madonna covers and they did uh, a Robert Palmer and the Love cover. They sort of an album. guitar, bass, and singing. <laughs> <laughs> this is probably a I actually it out. It's really my they do into the groove. Oh. <laughs> Take care, young ladies, and value your wine. Oh, be watchful of you. Leonard Nimoy. The touch of Leonard Nimoy. Deeply they'll swallow from your finest case. Then swiftly be gone, leaving bitter dregs. Yeah, 
that's a memories and grief and so comfort you know does it have so on, on the Shatner record he did like a forgot a monologue from a theater piece and then a song for each track. Does it have the monologue as well as the Mr. Tambourine Man? It sort of. No, although he delivers the chorus almost like it were a monologue. So, Mr. Tambourine Man! Mr. Tambourine Man! <laughs> if you can find. Uh, lots of people have it shared online. But if you can find the spoken word piece for Mr. Tambourine Man, so it's all together, it's. Like, oh, morning, it morning. adds a whole level of upsetting to the whole thing. I think it's it's like a piece from Macbeth, followed by Mr. Tambourine Man. So Leonard Nimoy doing his thing. He may continue to do his thing. We get a, a bonus track. We get. Now, so this was this was. I mean, he was he was actually trying to be a serious singer with this stuff. Yeah, he this. He, he might have actually hoped that the whole Star Trek thing would go away so he could do this more. He did, at one point, he did one album that's sort of all space-related, and it's as, as if it were sung by Mr. Spock, though he couldn't say that. It's just got, he's got ears in the cover of that one. Bad, bad choice. Yeah. He's a painter, too, right? He was a renaissance man, Some indeed. Man. Still alive, isn't he? I think yes. he is, yes. Let's see if we can find out about his other skills. Talents, rather. Did he sing a song about Bilbo Baggins? He did, and I think it's on this album. Is it? it, it there's not... <laughs> Whatever it's called, it's not obvious oh, really? that, that it's a Bilbo baggins thing. It's suddenly, all of a sudden, that popped into my head. Yeah. <laughs> oh, you know, his, uh, his birthday's coming up on March 26th. Hmm. He will be 80. Wow. Younger than my grandma. And uh, he did several albums. Mr. Spock's Music from Outer Space, Two Sides of Leonard Nimoy, The Way I Feel, The Touch of Leonard Nimoy. That's what we just listened to. And The New World of Leonard Nimoy. First track on side two, called What a Way to End Your Career. 
Actually, I printed up Thank you, thank you, thank you very much. Great to be back and a groove to be here. Thank you, thank you, thank you. We are Joey and the Maroons. It's a pleasure to be here at the Capri Lounge. Let me take off my leather jacket, kick back, and say 2024 hours to go. Half want to be sedated. There's nothing to do, nowhere to go. Half want to be sedated. Get me to the airport and put me on a plane. Hurry, hurry, hurry. Before I go insane there's, there's like a guy who's done like 10 albums of this sort of feel Richard Yeah, Richard Cheese Richard Cheese Exactly Bunch of ingrates, we should have never come back You wanted it, you got it, pal We're gonna do this song by Johnny Rottenstein and his Jewish dentist friend, Sidney Vicious, on the bass guitar from foggy old London, as they used to throw those safety pins and snip and glue on and say, I am an antichrist. <laughs> I, I am an anarchist. <laughs> I don't know what I want, but I know how to get it. <laughs> I want to destroy passers-by, because I, I want to be. I'm feeling sort of enigma-ish. Need the breathing to kick in. Yeah. I actually train spotted this record from uh, 
relapse from Briad. Some chill room. Something general bitty ish. Sugar bump berry came and hit the street. Look at the soft food and the place to be. When to be, I follow me. You should have seen him go, go, go. This is hey, sugar. This is also going on my buy this list. It's my beat system. I, you know, I kind of... The other side made me think, what about doing an entire set that uses that same drum loop? Yeah. Because there was, there was that like chunk of time from like 98 to 92 that everybody used that same sample. Nice. 
else is that? This is from the porn soundtrack. Uh, it's pretty. Yeah, it's pretty. It's, it's, well, it's a, a young woman's sexual awakening film. Or softcore porn, as you may decide. Uh, French film. Um, Canadian re-release of the album. And it's the... Like, this is... When, I, when I'm... When everything is silent, this is what plays in the back of my head. Because my mom had a cassette copy one of her brothers made, and she just played it, like, non-stop in the car and around the house. Um, thankfully, I think she cut out the, uh, the disco track called I Need a Man. Um, How did she... Uh... By the way, you can get that last record for a dollar off of the internet. Perfect. Thank you, internet. <laughs> I will be buying you later how, tonight. How did she come to play this uh, so often to you? Uh, so my uncle bought the soundtrack, and she heard him playing it and fell in love with it. And like every couple years, she would have him make her another copy of his, his album. And so... years ago I was hunting for records on sort of a I had more money than I had bills to pay so I was buying a lot of records <laughs> and my mom's like well you're really good at finding stuff could you find this soundtrack for me and like every release on CD is out of print and really hard to get so it cost me like 50 bucks to get the CD for my mom off eBay and then I found this for three bucks at Amoeba <laughs> Um, and I totally got into the uh, the composer Francis Lay um, <laughs> 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 who is still composing film music, and not all of it is softcore porn. Um, does he use a different name when he does? <laughs> <laughs> nope, all all Francis Lay. But uh, it's all. Pretty good, and I now have a small section in, in the, the archive hall of records of Francis Lay soundtracks. But they, all of them, even the ones that aren't softcore porn, have titles and covers that make them look like softcore porn. How, uh, have you ever seen the movie? I haven't. It's been built up so much that I'm, I'm sort of afraid to see it now. Because I don't think it can live up to A, the soundtrack, and, and B, the sort of the internet stories of how hard it is to get the soundtrack and how amazing the movie was. Oh, funny softcore porn story. Actually. <laughs> oh, it's over. <laughs> it's all right. I, I think it's probably time for a softcore porn story. Well, yesterday I was at the gym and, uh... The <laughs> <laughs> um, did someone offer you a massage? I go to this gym and it's owned by this, um, man and this woman. They, I think they're, they are formerly married. Um, and they're both devout Muslim. And, um, 
I was there working out with her. He walks in. It's early. It's early in the Saturday morning, and he has this book in his hand. And it's a script, and and uh, it was given to him by one of his other clients, who's a UC Berkeley math professor, who writes and directs um, softcore porn movies with a math angle. And um, he given the trainer the book and asked him to um, let him know if he could train there for free while he was preparing to star in the movie that he'd written and directed. And in exchange, if anybody came up to him and asked him how he got such an awesome body, <laughs> he would say that that's where he trained. <laughs> Did he go for the, did he go for the deal? <laughs> UC Berkeley math. Um, guy's name is um, Frank Frankel, something Frankel. Um, I feel like I might have read a story about him on maybe the Berkeley side blog or something. You probably did. Yeah. Are we supposed to play the worst possible version of the bad records? Yeah, I'll just go for the. Uh... You took my turn. Oh, you're right. Okay. It's all right. That's okay. You did a spoken word piece for your turn. <laughs> Martin O'Brien did the gathering parties, did something in uh, in Honolulu, and uh, got to go out there uh, and play. And so I hit up the one record store I could find in Honolulu, found this. And I've never been able to decide if it's good or bad. I've brought it out to play many times, and, and never, a couple times I've ever like gotten it out of the out of the bag. There is a version without the rap, but since this is bad record night.
played it a couple of times. I, I've, I've tapped it about, well, probably ten times more than I've played it. Yeah. But there's another side. The other side doesn't have the ortho stabs and the, uh, well, I can't say that. It doesn't have the, it doesn't have the wrap. I don't think it has a I was pleasantly surprised when I heard it though, because it was one of those records that I bought <laughs> They're just deconstructing the track. <laughs> That's the way it's supposed to work. Is the guy's name that produces like <laughs> I think we've heard all that. 
elements of the trap at this point. Because he's, it sounds like he's actually trying to sound a little bit like even Curtis. Yeah. You know, like a, a man who of suffering mix. <laughs> Sounds like ministry. Because it? It, it's from the, the album it's from has this great like ambient like God floating above the water tracks that I love. 
And I couldn't remember if this was one of those or one of one of this. You can fault him for many things, but you can't fault him for trying a little bit of everything. Well, geez, I don't know which side is worse. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think it has the vocals. I yeah. Just to that. Okay. yeah, I think you always go with the vocal mix. So what beautiful slice of life have you brought us now? Uh, this is someone called Roby. <laughs> Doing one night in Bangkok. This is that record I couldn't find, and I thought maybe I did get rid of it in a purge. And I think that and then maybe I took it from one of your purges. Lifted it out of yeah. my purge and put it back. It was produced by Chef Petty Bone, who did a lot of some of Madonna stuff. Pretty true to yeah. Yeah, the arrangement seems pretty similar. Do over. All right. Well, there are fourteen thousand Chef Petty. This is just a song that I really love, classic rock. Bring it on. Yes, but it's a really bad dance mix. Oh. Everything that's in like early sampler time, they're like, let's take one one sound, yeah. and we'll play with that. Especially like how wrong like it sounds. Sound. I can't get rid of this because I can't let anyone see that I own it. <laughs> <laughs> this arrangement sounds like a, a Casio keyboard like auto demo yeah. song. find myself sitting with my daughter trying to entertain her. Um, 
and they had in their little collection of videos, they had uh, Herbie Hancock explaining to kids how a fairlight worked. Oh my god. It's just beautiful how, like, not connecting any anyone is. And there's one kid who's like, play that note! Play that note! <laughs> guy called Gerald on Juice Box. So this is sort of like, this is proto-jungle. This is kind of between Breakbeat and Jungle in the yeah. early 90s, you know, before, I don't know, like 28 just got back away era, before Black Sea technology. These records are still fun, though. They are. Claudia <laughs> doesn't agree. So, before I ever went to a rave, like 96-ish, 95, um, 
was just going to tower and buying, you know, mixed CDs that had the word rave in the title. <laughs> and so there were lots of albums that were like, that strode the line between happy hardcore and jungle along this line. And so the first rave I went to were just like, we're playing CD after CD, driving slowly from San Jose to San Francisco. And we thought we were going to hear this all night. And it was, you know, house and breakbeat. It was like, this is so much better than what I thought a rave was going to be. That could have been the drugs talking, but I'm pretty sure even before they kicked in, I thought, this is not as bad as I expected. Based on the compilation you were yeah. playing tower, yeah. 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 Love Utah Saints is just good sing-along techno. I, I have a special place in my heart for Utah Saints. Man. This is like an endless game of what the fuck do I play out of this? I would sometimes just like put the headphones on and crank this stuff up. <laughs> Two or three off. Claudia's looking at me aghast. Don't worry, I don't expose our dog to it. It sounds good. So, so this is a. Quincy Jones off the Sweetwater Jack album, and it's Hickey Burr, and it's the theme from the Bill Cosby show. Yeah. This isn't bad. This isn't bad, yeah. 
solid, but then you're like, what the fuck is Bill Cosby doing? about drugs which I am I am angling to buy from menu <laughs> and it's I think does menu have a problem no she's got the record and the problem is she's got the record and I don't oh you're buying oh buy from her yes okay sorry I thought you said buy for her no no something in track was called Hickey Burr. Hickey, Hickey Burr. Burr. Hickey Burr. Frank Sinatra with Quincy Jones. Whoa. What? L.A. is my lady. 1984, Frank Sinatra with Quincy Jones. It sounds like a, an album full of cocaine. <laughs> Frank was getting up there at that point. I don't know. I don't know if his heart could take it. Green 
I probably bought all those old LA Dream Team records.
sounds in there. <laughs> Hello, baby. What's the scene? Can I come pick you up in my little scene? Just in my body. This is an Egyptian lover trap. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Uncle Jam's army. And obviously it's called Dialogue. Here we are under this closet in the speech. You be the student in the class and I will teach. Open your book, baby, to page free. Playing inside made Elliot wait out front for their pizza delivery. Creature <laughs> crowd into the yard and Elliot looking for his dog in the backyard. Heard strange noises coming from the tool shed. He picked up his baseball and he threw it in. Whatever was in there whipped it right back. Oh, 
Elliot fell asleep that night. With all kinds of strange dreams in his head. And the squashy little guy from outer space came creeping back into the garden. As quietly as he could. But those funny feet of his tripped him up in a garbage can. Elliot heard it and came running out. He chased whatever it was behind the house. But he wasn't sure that he really wanted to catch up. Suddenly it stopped and turned. Is that Bill Cosby? <laughs> after another and then went Clearly back home. Get licensing to actually say e. he crawled from the bushes. We all know curiosity killed the cat. That's what we but all he know. He was too old to change now. He put the little round object in his mouth. <laughs> Michael, what are you doing? <laughs> It was delicious. <laughs> the tastiest thing he'd ever eaten in the whole universe. Oh. Wow. It's Michael Jackson. That's incredible. Narrating E.T. Thanks, everybody, for coming out. <laughs> Thank you.